back everyone to merge conflict where i have a way better microphone that's not peaking this week what do you know frank hey you you always sound good to me james that's the problem i'm just always so happy to hear your voice i don't pay attention to call quality well what happened is there's there's multiple things one like like we mentioned you're on the road i was on the road um now this is a newer setup on the road which kind of a temporary in between place that's kind of happening at the moment and I'm, I'm sort of hopping between desks where we have similar microphone setup so the idea is to like plug in one cord and, and make it all happen magically and that seemed to work really well but i i don't get a lot of feedback from people i think you don't get a lot of feedback unless like your like microphone is absolutely terrible like you're a robot <laughs> no one can hear anything so i believe i was in calls and meetings where like the audio is probably fine depending on how close I was to the microphone. But the problem is when I podcast, I get really close to the microphone. So normally if I'm just like talking, I'll be like a little bit further away. But when I podcast, I get pretty close to the microphone. If I get excited, I get excited. So the, <laughs> there was two problems, Frank. One was as expected, my gain was too high on my audio interface. Just it was just too high. It was I was getting ready for my .NET Conf talk. And Cameron's like, you got to you got to turn it down by at least 50%. It's like, whoa. Uh, so I did. And he's like, that's way better. And I listened to myself back at the .NET Conf conference, which was the same microphone that I was <laughs> using on last week's podcast, but correctly set up because also, Frank, I had it plugged into a USB hub that was plugged into another hub. And that caused a ridiculous amount of just bad audio quality, huh. like dropping of stuff like that. So I removed one of those from the equation and everything got way better pretty much well you're blowing my mind here i thought we were using digital systems here you know the the quality of the connection doesn't matter the as long as the ones and the zeros are getting through you would be perfect but you know usb hubs are a bit of a mystery box so i'm gonna let it go i'm gonna let it go but you know digital interfaces shouldn't suffer from that problem uh maybe some lag Maybe things like that. <laughs> I would anyway. I would I would agree. But then I was listening to myself back and I was like, wow, there's just like tons of there was tons of and, and I would just go into the sound recorder locally and it's like, oh, let me just like hear myself. And I would literally take the USB out of for the interface out of the hub and put it into either my computer directly or the other hub. And it was like night and day difference as far as mm. like what was coming out and being produced. It it really felt as if there was just a bunch of gobbly shenanigans happening like there yeah. was there was interference in the signal if that makes sense somehow or okay. degra- degradate <laughs> degradation of yeah. it so i do apologize to all of our listeners um you know you're on the road but you have a fantastic microphone that isn't going through 18 usb audio <laughs> interfaces so that's my fault i apologize and you you had that that silky smooth buttery calming voice you don't really really oh too good much. oh good well now i'm freaking out because now i'm worried i'm going to be too quiet you're, you're going to have the perfect audio and it'll be my week to sound terrible so let's no. keep our fingers crossed james yes well it's an exciting week because last week we talked a little bit about dotnet 7 really mostly around net maui performance and all the really cool blog posts that had come out however uh, Frank, uh, .NET Conf did happen. Like we recorded that before <laughs> Conf, and .NET Conf ha- happened, and .NET Seven actually was released. Uh, if you read the the show notes yesterday, it's like .NET Seven is almost here because it's literally <laughs> just about here. Uh, and .NET Conf happened, the biggest .NET conference of the year, uh, which is absolutely astonishing because it's a free virtual conference, it's hybrid esque 
delivery from speakers. I gave a talk. Uh, I think I talked last week, but it was a, about Blazor hybrid development with Alon, who was in the studio, and I was at home on the road. Uh, so we gave a hybrid talk in a hybrid form, which was fan- fantastic. But what did uh, I, you know? I was a major part. Uh, my entire team, the, kid, the developer community team, plays a huge part, right? Jeff is uh, like the overall like director. John was in charge of um, uh, content. Like there's different leads in these work streams. Um, Jamie uh, and I did uh, the keynote um, um, stuff. Um, Katie did the student zone the day day before. Um, There's local events going on. There's folks from the community that are part of these like kind of workflow. So I had for the last several months, you probably didn't know, but I've been in and out of all (laughs) these meetings nonstop. getting this all done uh, you know, up until literally pushing, uh, pushing, uh, some, some videos and slide decks and things, you know, Friday night. And I was up pushing blog. I was pushing the blog post buttons <laughs> Tuesday morning, uh, at 8 AM when the keynote was kicking off. I didn't even get to enjoy the keynote because I was too stressed out about, um, blog posts because funnily enough, Frank, I'm just gonna rant here because <laughs> is because we have a WordPress GitHub sync thing that we have, which is really cool. And we can schedule it. We can put a time and a date and it schedules it in WordPress and it's great. But we have like 10 blog posts all going out at the same time. And like, we didn't talk to each other. So like everyone at different times. And then Lickness was like, Hey, like all the other blogs need to go out first before the .NET blog. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, let me rearrange those. And and then I changed the times and dates, but because the daylight savings time, oh. WordPress didn't adjust. So all the blogs started to roll out. So I had to like manually roll them back and then like change oh. all the time. <laughs> no one, nobody knew this, right? Like nobody straight up knew this. And it was, uh, it was, it was, I don't know. It was cool that it all worked out. That's, that's what yeah. I think. Yeah. I Okay. Congratulations for surviving, yeah. surviving it. You know, I was thinking, um, it's still a little sad to me. I still haven't been to a conference since COVID. And I really do want to get back on that bandwagon and everything. And I do miss in-person conferences and everything. But virtual online conferences are obviously the way forward, you know, the future. Because more people can attend. They can attend asynchronously. It's just, it's good. It's good that everyone puts out videos and all that stuff. But you do miss that in-person conferenceness. But what I like is you are still able to capture the essence of a conference, which is, running around with your head cut off and trying to get things done, trying to get your keynote uh, done. Like I, I seem to always end up speaking at conferences. So I'm always freaking out about my own talk and everything and trying to get all that done. So I think, I think that was good, James. You managed to capture the hecticness and the insanity of a conference. Bravo. Yeah. It wasn't just me. I, I, uh, um, you know, it all happened. You know, you're yeah. right. Like I've, <laughs> I've I've spoken at at conferences. I've I've helped with Xamarin Evolve back in the day, right? As well, and done booths. And it's always it's always chaos. People don't know, but it's always chaos all the time, which is which is great. But hopefully, yeah. to the attendees, it's not chaos. It's super buttery smooth, and that's what I, <laughs> I think. Hopefully, was delivered. Uh, on, yeah. on this thing. Yeah, I, I attended the conference with a twenty-hour time set uh, difference, Ooh. and that's the first time I've done that, and that was exciting because I had no idea when anything was happening. I still don't know what day it is, what time it is, or any of that. So thank goodness, though, people were uploading videos to YouTube, and I've just been rocking those out and playing around on Twitter and things like that. Uh, it, <laughs> I'm excited because uh, this was like okay, I have my biases, right? You know, you can't watch every video. There's a lot of videos, a lot of stuff, and yeah, a lot of stuff. And so I stuck with the classics, the Maui's, the Blazers. But 
the one theme I saw, at least in my little bubble, <laughs> was this was like the performance conference. And you know me, I'm a performance junkie. And even though we talked about it last week, we're still going to be talking about performance because to me, that was the theme of the conference. I don't know how y'all plan these things, but that seemed to be like the big theme that I was getting out of it. Like .NET 6, oh my God, we broke and changed everything. .NET 7 was like stabilization, perf, all that kind of stuff. This was my kind of release. I love stabilization and perf. Those are my words. Love it. It's true. I I believe that that was not only one of the major themes, but yeah, you're correct. Like literally, that's definitely um, one of the major major aspects of .NET seven. I think Garav like kicking off the day um, really kind of focused on that, right? Like if you if you look at it, there's this really cool chart uh, about just the performance improvements uh, year over year as far as the, you know, commits and the pull requests that go in and, you know, Donet 5 had 250-ish, Donet <laughs> 6 at 550-ish, <laughs> Donet 7 over 1,000. And that's just yeah. into the base, right? That's into the .NET, you know, BCL runtime improvements, things like that. That's not including all of the improvements like you were talking about with ASP.NET Core and Blazor and .NET MAUI and all the other things on top of it. Yep, yep. Um, I, <laughs> I was um, I was a little bit distracted because I kept going back to the the peppers, the peppers <laughs> articles, and all that stuff. Like things kept catching me off guard. Things that I'd forgotten from the past. Like uh, he was talking about regular expressions and how um, the the compiled flag, you know, like you create a new regular expression, you pass in the little compiled flag into it. And he was mentioning how, you know, in mono, which is what Xamarin was based on, that flag didn't do anything. Mm. <laughs> it just, it just kind of hung out there, you know, took up a little bit of code space, just chilled. And people were complaining that like, oh my God, uh, when I upgraded to .NET 6 or 7, everything slowed down. It didn't actually slow down. It wasn't doing anything before, and now it was doing something, and people are adapting. But yeah, it looked like uh, all there were big changes from the unification process. But then um, I think it was Maddie said something like eighty percent of the bugs in uh, Maui were closed or resolved in some form or another, which is a pretty bravo to the team because. You know, we, we all have our pet bug, the thing that we wish would get fixed. But mm -hmm. it's it's always hard to realize that you're, you know, a drop in the pond, unfortunately. <laughs> and they have to deal with other things. So I was, I was pretty happy to hear that the team has been able to achieve that 80% mark. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think that that's um, one aspect for sure of it that is is really unique is is there's all sorts of different performance things right now in the runtime and just like the visual and all this other stuff. But I don't know. Yeah. It's really amazing. Uh, just, I, I think the themes of it, when I look at it about this, you know, modern, simple and productive, but the core of it really is that productivity part and the modern part of it and unified part is that all of these things get all of the improvements all the time. Yeah. So, so I can't, I can't tell you how happy I am to keep seeing like Matt catalyst up on the screen every time they're talking about Maui and everything. I get the biggest smile on my face. I wanted that feature so bad. And it's it's so nice to see it on Microsoft slides and all that stuff. I just 
Oh, I love it. <laughs> it happened. It's finally all in there. All for you, Frank. Uh, so should we should we go through some highlights or something? I, I definitely want to talk about your video. I, I watched the James video, too. James was oh. talking about hybrid apps with Blazor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, okay. Okay, okay. So, you know, in general, I would say that I have seen and done many, many, <laughs> uh, yeah, many a Blazor hybrid talk. Seen many a Blazor hybrid Ooh. talk. How would you okay. compare this Blazor Hybrid Talk to other Blazor Hybrid Talks? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'll say the one the one I saw from you was not an intro talk, which for me was good. You know, I've been I've been in the .NET world a while now. I, I can't really get through intro talks anymore. They're mm-hmm. a little bit tricky. And so I liked yours because you didn't do an intro. <laughs> You're like, yeah. here's a practical example. How do I actually share data between some Razor components and some Maui components? And so that was good. It was nice and practical. I have some disagreements with you, James. You used a singleton, a global variable. I'm not loving it. I don't think that's a good architecture, but I'm going to let it slide because you're actually addressing a topic that people are probably like, yeah, how do I actually share <laughs> data between these two things? Uh, and I, I see your, your fall in and the dependency injection. Just kidding. I'm, 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 we're, we're not going to talk about that today. I promise. <laughs> but it was fun to see that. And now I am completely blanking on what your ending <laughs> topic was. You had, you had four tips and tricks. And I remember the first one was sharing data <laughs> what yep. were the other ones james there was the first one was sharing state and that's what alon yeah. did which was really great and then the the second one was sharing uh sharing components like how do you share ui across right. a yeah. blazor app and a dot maui app with blazor hybrid and also sharing code and the funniest part of that that alon and i were really getting to that i think he hit on the head was you know like class libraries you know <laughs> The thing you, know. you use for 20 years, glass <laughs> libraries. Like, you, you know, how that was Tell me, James, how do you share code in .NET? Class libraries. Thanks. Okay, share. got it. No. <laughs> and Razor class libraries for components. So there's like two different types of class libraries. Uh, so that was really funny. And in fact, like the first one, which is about sharing state, was a really rudimentary, you know, level yeah. of events and how things work. But at a high level, Alon was just like, you know, like events we've used, you know, the events you've used for 20, you know, um, <laughs> it's, it's just C sharp, I believe came up several times in the yeah. talk. Yeah. So, uh, as in the last view, one, the last okay. one though, mm. was navigation. That's where we are at. So right. now right. the funny part is that there was four tips and tricks, but actually there was only three sections of the, the, the presentation. So programmers off by one errors constantly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I think it went very smoothly. Uh, I mentioned last week I have an app all ready to be hybridized. <laughs> I can't wait to can't wait to try it and get that rolling. So I think yours went off pretty well. Did you pre-record all that? Were you doing that day of? Were you freaking out? You were fine. Ev- everything's cool. live. You know, live. I think that's a cool part about .NET Conf is like basically everything is at what you see is live, even though it's streaming, right? Like. It's all yeah. live, like you know, in the studio, mis- mistakes and all, right? Like that are come up, coming up in there. So it was, it was all there. No, we, 
the nice thing is 30 minute talks and really only 25 minute talks if you have Q&A or the other session goes a little over. So it was really quick. Um, and I think the nice part that we wanted to get across was more of you, you all know this stuff. Like if you've been doing .NET development, you do this. And if you haven't been, well, here's some t- tips and tricks that really will help you get past week two, week three. Is it the approach that everyone will take? No, but it's at least an approach that you could grab a sample, run and be like, okay, cool. Like this, this, I, I can understand at least a process of how this works down the, down the stream. So that, that was kind of the hope there on, um, on it. Yeah. I, I was watching with a friend and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just going to repeat myself. He's like, do you create singletons and dotnet apps a lot i'm like no never <laughs> all the time man. all the time it's a, it's a demo you know you, you gotta give it you gotta give it space to breathe you don't want to make it too complicated or any of that kind of stuff i did like sorry it, it's so simple but i did like the button click i love that the counter button click demo lives on it's it, we're, we're never gonna, it's the hello world of uis i guess it does you got, yeah yeah <laughs> You can't get rid of it. It, it. it makes sense. It's just logically. I'm like, oh, I, I get that. That makes sense. I, but no MVVM helpers and no code generator. You're just like, just events, you know, events. Like in C Sharp. Events. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Alana and I were going back and forth. I'm like, I bet there's a library out there that probably simplifies all this, but I don't know it. So <laughs> I don't know what it is. And we even talked about it. We're like, actually, you could share state. You could probably do a bunch of MVVM. So you could do a bunch of other things you know, on top of it. And people are mm-hmm. going to hear about that the rest of the day. Uh, and I yeah. bet you could. But the other thing that we wanted to do is say, hey, listen, like this code, this, these things inside of it, they are completely independent. There's no additional dependencies on anything. There's no NuGet packages. It's just .NET code. Like that's yeah. what we really want yeah. to try to get across is at a base level, you can, you can pull that stuff in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you enjoy the 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 overall um the the styling of the conference? So we talked about a little bit last oh. week. There was obviously the keynote, but there are these like chunks of time and like state of the platforms. Did you like that? That was my idea. I yes. I I love state of the platforms. Uh that's always my favorite part of the Apple conference, right? And Inspired I like that there was <laughs> and I saw there was a state of Maui. And that was the very first video I went to because, you know, I fall behind. I, I do need to know what is the current state of Maui because there was like a Maui performance talk and mm-hmm. other Maui talks. But I was like, you know what? Although I'm a performance junkie, I do need to get caught up. Timelines too, you know, I can never keep track. I think I was even asking you on the last episode. I'm like, is Maui shipping day one? Like I in the bot, you know, in the dot seven box. And you're like, yeah, dude, yeah, dude, we're all caught up. State of Maui. <laughs> and so I totally had to watch that video. Plus, it's uh, my two favorite people, Maddie and David. <laughs> so I had to definitely watch them. Uh, I, I liked watching David be absolutely miserable in his Hawaiian shirt. I thought that was kind of hilarious. I don't know. Was he actually against the Maui or is he just an actor? Or <laughs> not Maui yeah. against the Hawaiian shirt? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty um pretty pretty funny in that regard. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um uh yeah, um so um 
format wise and everything i think all that went very smoothly um it was nice to have like the twitchy style of everything where you can see the presenter and the slides everything looked good uh you know the high level details i think were perfectly smooth and all that 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 worked out fantastically and yeah state of i always want state of presentation so i i think your call was good there james nice good 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 cool like that. That was a good one. We were, John and I were kind of going through with, with Jamie and Katie and other people. And I was like, you know, what are the things that I really like about Google IO or WWDC and other developer conferences that are out there? And it sort of kind of pinged me in this regard to be like, I kind of like those little things where if I have time yeah. to watch one video or, you know, a few videos to catch up on things. It'd be like the keynote and then state of the acts, right? And if I want to go deeper, I can go deeper on that. So I liked it. Yeah. And it's always been a little bit of a problem because like often in these kinds of conferences, you'll have like Mads come on and talk about C sharp 14 and you're like, yeah. well, that's nice. But what about today? What is the current state? <laughs> what can I use today <laughs> in all my kind of stuff? And to that point, C-sharp 11 is officially out. F-sharp 7. I can't believe we're at 7. I, re- mm-hmm. mm, I remember when 2 came out and we were was like, oh, my God, do we really need a second version? Now we're at 7. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great. And actually, I've been using uh, my M1 MacBook Air on this trip that I'm on. And I've been rocking the Visual Studio Mac previews on the Air. And oh, my God goodness is it so much faster with the arm 64 compilation oh all yeah that, yeah all that stuff is going so smooth and I, I don't know how i side tangent to that but it was it was nice to just see that maturity of the product and for it to be officially released you know it's i always feel i don't like previews i i like bleeding edge but i don't like previews i like stability yeah so it was nice to get rid of that preview moniker on it. of course they had to release a preview version (laughs) at the same time but at least the version i've been rocking is uh stabilized (laughs) yep yeah i agree yeah that's uh um it's cool to see that that all come together yeah yeah so it was, uh, can we talk about F-sharp for a moment? Yeah, let's talk about it. You know, there's a, a I, I was working with that team on, on their blog, putting that out. Schedule, mm-hmm. I scheduled all the blogs. I didn't, I didn't do anything besides press a button. So, but yeah, <laughs> accurate. Did you um, read yeah. any of it? <laughs> uh, no, I did not. No, I good, not. good. So I'm ready. <laughs> um, well, I would say uh, F-sharp 6 was the big change. That's where we got a lot of new features and everything. I want to call F-sharp 7 dealing with the craziness of c sharp 11 (laughs) because um a slightly controversial feature is the static virtual members of interfaces it kind of doesn't make too much sense from a design perspective but it does enable scenarios scenarios that weren't Mm. possible before uh everyone keeps using numerics as an example so you can finally write generic uh, type generic mathematical code in .NET through the magic of the JIT and all that stuff. It should compile down to be very fast and all of that. But it was quite a big change in the runtime to make all of that work. These uh, 
new constraints on the generics, the way the generics are being used. And if you read the F-sharp blog entry on all of this, it's hilarious. I mean, there is so much side talk in this blog because they're like, look, we're going to support this feature. But we don't think you should use it. <laughs> I yeah. love the F sharp people. They're like, we want to be compatible. That's why I love F sharp. It's such a practical language. You know, they have their opinions. They're like, you should be writing your apps this way. You should do this. You should do this. Lots of shoulds. Mm-hmm. But it's a practical engineering language. And they're like, but we're also going to support all the craziness. So you want to be crazy? You go be crazy. You you write your static virtual interface methods, and we're going to support it. Now, we're going to write a blog entry saying absolutely don't do it, but we're going to support it because that's that that's our, that's our, I mean, it's the whole reason F-sharp exists is to make a yeah. practical functional language. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's cool. I, I like, I like the, simul you know everything shipping everything happening all at once obviously so it's really cool to see you know those two blog posts for c sharp 11 and f sharp 7 come come back to back the thing is i you know i just i still have no idea what's what's happening in the f sharp world so i think what's cool though is that they do have some um comparisons of like hey in c sharp 11 you can do this and also like you can do this c sharp and f sharp (laughs) 7 too like you know what i mean the required stuff for example which is kind of cool yeah yeah, I would say this was definitely um, a smaller release for F-Sharp. It was more of a keeping compatibility with the rest of .NET kind of release. Mm. But again, I'm I'm here for the stability, buddy. So <laughs> I was totally cool with that. And But you know, a part of that work, a part of supporting this feature they don't love at all, was that um, they improved the generics support in the language. And so one thing that's been a real bother of mine, uh, especially in the Xamarin days, especially on iOS, I should say, iOS and Android have become pretty different because iOS is AOT, Android tends not to be. So, you know, even in the performance talks, they're very different from each other. But one complaint I've always had about F-sharp on iOS, which is an AOT scenario, is that generics, generics were fine. Generics worked. It could be a little slow sometimes. <laughs> there would be uh, F Sharp has a wonderful feature where you can compare any two lists or arrays or sets of things very easily. Just put the equal sign, it does the comparison. C Sharp really needs to get that feature. But it has some downsides. For example, um, if I have an array of integers, but I'm doing that through a generic interface. So the, the type is actually generic, but I happen to be using an integer for that type and I would compare to arrays, it would be slow, (laughs) slow, Mm. slow, slow, because it goes through the IE quality comparator, which requires generics, which requires funks, (laughs) lots of indirect function calls and all that stuff. And now in F-sharp, the compiler is actually really smart. It can detect uh, static instantiations of these generic methods and actually inline them to generate better code and all that kind of stuff. So perf, you know, perf. I love performance. <laughs> and a, a few other things along those lines. So I, I like seeing languages grow. They also improved um, the tasks system. So still making tasks as efficient as they possibly can be in F-sharp. 
and I'm totally blanking on the other one, but there was one other feature that I liked and I will get back to it the moment it comes back to my brain. <laughs> uh, for me, I think the really cool thing is uh, C sharp 11 features. Obviously, I'm a C sharp person. All right. All right. Tell me, tell me what, what you got. Well, I mean, I think we talked about it. Like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that this release, too, I'm sure there's a lot that goes into it under the hood, also feels like, hey, you know, we're releasing this thing every year, a new version every year, right? It doesn't need to introduce a thousand new features. It could instead introduce some features that'll just be more productive or some major pain points that developers have, kind of like focus on that or some things that maybe enable different performance scenarios, right? So, one thing that I am in love with is like raw string literals, right? Which is handling escapes and double quotations and just making it way easier to handle, uh, you know, strings in our code, you know, or XML or JSON inside of our code that has quotes or other things like that. You can now add more quotes up front or in the back. And we've talked <laughs> about that before, but yeah. I think from a library's perspective, uh, library creators perspective, the thing that I believe is, is the best feature all up is going to be required members. And we do in F sharp has them, you know, in there as well is, you know, enabling me as a library creator to say, Hey, you're creating this new class. This thing is required and you have to fill it out. It, else you get like a runtime error or a compilation error. Like that's pretty huge because it enables me to do less checks uh, if things are set or not. And then that pairs really well with you know, nullables and non-nullable types. So a good example that they always show is like the person class, right? And you have first name, middle name, last name. And before you can make middle name nullable. So it could be null, but the other ones can't be null. But now you can say, no, like is required. Like you, you, can't, <laughs> you can't get around it. You can't say equals null and then a bang, you know, and then pretend that it's okay. Like, no, it's not okay. So. You know, I think that was really, really nice. There's a bunch of other stuff yeah. in there too, but well, to me, those are the two big ones. Well, I, I, and that's an important one because that's more of a design one. You know, that's not mm -hmm. a perf one. That's a, look, I'm changing the interface to this object. I require that you set these things. And that's, at first I was a little bit confused because I'm 100% in on noble reference types in, in C Sharp where you put the question mark and then the compiler checks on everything. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love it. And so I was like, oh, what is the point of this required thing? And then it finally occurred to me, oh, there's things that you don't want to mark as nullable <laughs> that you still want to require. And so it absolutely makes perfect sense uh, for people to do that. And F Sharp, of course, adopted it because F Sharp's mm -hmm. mm, staying there. <laughs> I like the uh, I like the list patterns from C Sharp 11. Finally, we have the discard operator working well, mm. the underscore. And we have dot dot working well. So you can actually, in your pattern matching, um, compare against uh, lists. Lists, compare lists. Say, like, is this list or array or whatever uh, basically equivalent to this pattern, which could be a few elements and then dot dot, as in, yeah. I don't care, dot dot. <laughs> Any language, all languages should have dot dot. Or underscore, meaning I don't care. You you, you get my point. I, I care about these first few things. I don't care about the rest. And so I think it's great that C Sharp got that because although I love my F Sharp, I still write a, a ton of C Sharp. So that one I know I'm going to use because I use that feature in F Sharp all the time. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that too, is is when you look at the 
But I think the blog is good. It kind of like talks about the underlying element. But when you click on the documentation, it's like way better. What you're saying is, hey, I have an array that is one, two, three. Previously, you'd have to say, like, is number index zero equal to one? Then, you know, you have to check each three of them. Now you just say numbers is and then in brackets, one, two, three. And then it's like, yeah, totally. But like you said, you can do this is really cool. Numbers is open bracket zero or one comma or less than or equal to two comma and then greater than or equal to three. And it's going to do those comparisons. <laughs> and that's really mind boggling. Like That's a great example of the use case here, which I think is really, really nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. It just, uh, just when you were talking, I remembered the other F sharp feature that I liked. Nope. <laughs> so sorry, sorry. We're bouncing around, everyone. Um, it, this is a little bit of a performance thing, but um, I wish, I wish, I wish this happened five years ago, James. I wish this happened ten years ago. But whatever. I'm happy. There is now a new option you can pass the F sharp compiler called reflection free. Reflection free. Let us be free of the reflection. (laughs) And this is just to support the AOT scenario, which I live in because I'm an iOS developer, Mm -hmm. where uh, you're asking the F-sharp compiler, look, please don't don't emit reflection code. Don't execute reflection code. Not because it's bad or any of that, but because it can be slow (laughs) sometimes. And especially uh, for native AOT, where you're doing crazy things that fortunately the the Xamarin Mono AOT can handle this, but the native AOT couldn't quite do it. Reflection is slow, unfortunately. I wish it was fast, but it's not. And it's, it's, it's fine if it's slow and you're writing reflection code. You're like, I know this code's going to be slow and I'll handle that. What you don't want is a function that you think is going to be fast to be slow. And so it's kind of neat that you can pass this reflection-free flag to the F-sharp compiler and just tell it, I don't want any surprises here. Don't be running slow code in places I don't expect it to be. So yeah. I know that might sound very minor to everyone, but as a performance junkie, as someone who writes simulators in a very constrained environment, it's wonderful to have that level of control. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I just love I just love where things are going. Like you said, I think that it's happening every year, right? Like every year we're getting new versions, we're getting new updates to our languages that we love, to our frameworks that we love, that are built on top of a runtime that we love, on top of great <laughs> tooling that we love. I am I'm running everything inside of the latest, you know, I actually live the preview life, right? So I'm all in on okay. the on the on the newest <laughs> stuff. But you know, we got updates to everything. You know, we got updates not only to Visual Studio 2022 and on the Mac and yeah. Uh, native ARM builds for the Windows one as well, which is really cool. So a little bit of everything, which is really neat to see. Yeah. So I, I already mentioned it, it's the Visual Studio for Mac. That's the big one for me because that one's finally out of beta, whatever you want to call it, out of mm-hmm. preview and running. So, yeah. And it's gotten so much better. I gotta be honest. It was rough in the early days. It's gotten so much better to the point where I'm actually recommending it again. <laughs> I was telling a lot of people, hold off or make sure you're using the preview. Now I can just say, oh yeah, go grab it. It's fine. Yeah, and a lot of people were asking. Still, I was in a bunch of different. Um, I was in a bunch of different 
live streams and people were still asking like oh is like isn't just visual studio for mac just like xamarin studio and i was like well man i haven't i haven't thought about xamarin <laughs> studio in like four or five years you know in so long at this point and uh you know there's some engineers from the vs for mac team and they're like yeah but like not really like you know and, and i like it's been <laughs> completely rewritten it runs on top of .NET 6 i don't know if the, the yeah. one runs on .NET 7 but i know it runs on .NET 6 at least but it's like the whole thing is completely different. It's like native arm builds. The whole UI was rewritten. Like the, <laughs> the editor was rewritten. I was like, it's pretty different, you know, and <laughs> we'll substantially continue to diverge. I'm sure there's some code in there somewhere, right? There has to be. Of course. But yeah. it's pretty different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so stability. So the conference, I'm I'm going to be watching videos probably for the next week or so. Yep. Do you have any recommended videos that I absolutely must check out maybe outside of my bubble at all? Yeah, you know, so day one and day two were a lot from day one was, I think, really the it kind of always is a .NET conference, like a lot of the product teams, the groupings here all up in general. And then day two is mostly product teams, sometimes a little bit of this, sometimes a little bit of community members in there um, back and forth. And then day yeah, two and a half and three is all you know, <laughs> mostly community. There's one, I don't know if it's out yet. I think almost all of them are published on YouTube. I'll put a link to the playlist in there. I would say the ones that I'm really interested in, I watched the Safia and Stefan one on minimal API. That one's really good. Yeah. I also, I got to go back and watch some of the stuff for Azure Functions and .NET 7. Uh, that would be really cool. And I need to rewatch the performance one with Jonathan and the, the desktop one. But I think one that I would really recommend watching that I watched and I really, really enjoyed was the uh, .NET at Stack Overflow with Roberta, who is the director oh. of engineering at Stack Overflow. It's bonkers. Like, nice. How, like, <laughs> she, she kind of talks about like how Stack Overflow works and you're like, wow. Like, <laughs> it's impressive at how little infrastructure it oddly needs and then they go really she goes really deep into the weeds but then after that one was myra and john talking about how they use net to build the net website which is really <laughs> fascinating and how it uh goes which i think is cool and um one extra bonus one for our dot mi developers i think is quite cool is um there were of course great community talks right some uh, folks from uno and also from avalonia and uh, there was an Avalonia talk that was an OSS spotlight afterwards. Oh. Actually, Mike James, I've worked with for many, many years. He loves Avalonia and works with that team often. Um, they did a uh, a video that, that was released uh, kind of like after hours, day one. There's a few. There's one on Meadow as well. So that was kind of cool with Adrian Stevens, of course. Um, awesome. But the Avalonia one, they have a new thing that is called Avalonia for .NET MAUI. And... This is really neat. It's kind of like how there's Blazor hybrid. It's kind of like Avalonia hybrid for .NET MAUI, <laughs> where you can take an Avalonia view, which are all custom pixel perfect drawn things, and bring it into a .NET MAUI app and use their rendering engine for certain things that you may need. So that's kind of cool. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> because, yeah, uh, unfortunately, I think MAUI is being the word, <laughs> double quotes around MAUI. Mm -hmm is being used for a lot of things. Uh, yep. I think marketing can be a little unclear here because A, it's a UI library. Yes. B, <laughs> it's a platform of platforms. <laughs> it's a it's a wrapper around platforms so you can write your code once. 
And to that end, it's also a base layer upon which you could build other platforms. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and so it's actually really cool. Um, you know, for example, well, I wanted to implement um, Maui running on Wii. So that would be the Maui UI layer running on mm-hmm. Wii as the backend. But there's absolutely no reason I couldn't do we on Maui. <laughs> yeah. You can write we code running in a Maui app and just take advantage of the single project system, the multi-platform support, all that stuff you don't really want to rewrite from scratch. You just opt into a Maui project and you can build your own UI layer on top of that, which is good. I've said in the past, although I'm a native UI developer and I'll probably stay that way for quite a while, probably be creating maui apps you know and i'm just gonna take over kind of the rendering cycle and maybe not use like the controls version of maui or you know i'll, yeah. I'll pick and choose which parts of maui i want to use but i'm 100 running maui apps just for the project system support it sounds terrible but you know that's the annoying part and that's the part i really want to take advantage of and then i'll be able to opt into the other parts as i see yeah. it totally yeah so those, are, those are good ones. There's a bunch of them. If you are listening and you're like, hey, you should go listen to this. Tweet at us at MergeConflict.fm or at Proclaim or at James Montemagner. Leave a comment on the MergeConflict.fm website or in our Discord and, and we'll watch that. I think I want to know what people's favorite sessions were. You know, there's so many of them. It's like over 80 sessions, which is just mm. wild, right? So it's, it's one of those things. After every conference, I got more time to spend with that conference. So I'm going to be watching videos, yeah, for like ever. And they're all trickling out. So um, go watch. I, I'm looking. I'm inside this. YouTube studio and they're all queued oh. up here for day two and day three. So okay. the production is <laughs> crazy fast. So behind the curtains you have access, but I imagine you've been so busy with your stuff. You haven't even been able to watch. Yeah. So makes sense. I'm barely have, I, barely have I time have, for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have several plane rides ahead of me, so I'm just downloading videos and I'm going to be dot netting it up on an airplane. <laughs> that is nice. In fact, I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. I'm heading out to VS live Orlando. I'll be there. If you're in Orlando, Ooh. come say hi to me at VS live in Orlando. When this release <laughs> comes out, I'll be doing a workshop on Donna Maui. Um, on .NET 7, which is great. So come say hello. Um, but yes, uh, we're going to go get on airplanes and I'm going to go finish this thing. Uh, Frank, <laughs> enjoy your time in New Zealand and, of course, uh, wherever your next stop is. And you'll be back home, I think, for the next podcast recording. So that should be fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thanks hope- for doing this remote. I, I love it. Uh, you know, I love recording on this travel mic. I love waking up early in the mornings at random times and recording this podcast. So, Yeah. <laughs> It's always worth go. it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Let us know what you thought of Donut Confident Donut Seven. I've updated everything. I'm super excited about it. Um, give us your feedback at MergeConflict.fm. And of course, thanks to our Patreon subscribers. We'll be back. I swear, putting up uh, exclusive ones probably next <laughs> week. Fault. We'll be back at it. Yeah. But that's gonna do it for this week's Merge Conflict. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno, and I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.